Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwyn, and the Insider Crew. Hello there, and welcome to episode 48. We're back at PCA's national office. Around the table, I have with me Manny Albin, Damon Lowney, and of course, Robert Forsyth at the helm at the computers to make everything work. I can't believe it's February. Time has flown. Time has flown. But all in so much going on, so much to prepare for. We've been doing a lot of, uh, we had our executive council uh, here in January for a planning meeting and then working on objectives and goals. And man, 2023 is going to be incredibly busy and I'm happy for it. Oh, yeah. Some exciting stuff to come. Uh, Let me just first start with today. Um. As we're recording this, I want to congratulate the uh, PCA Porsche Parade Committee as well as the member services staff here at headquarters for the phase one opening of Porsche Parade. And we are already looking at over 650 families coming to Porsche Parade uh, later this year in Palm Springs. That's quite amazing. Yeah, that is. Uh, I also want to congratulate, we have the winners of the fall uh, 2022 member only raffle. So this raffle, the first uh, grand prize was the GTS America. And then the, the following prizes were for the 911 Carrera cab. So I want to congratulate the winner of the GTS America from the Orange Coast region, Sudeep Kukareja. <laughs> I apologize if I didn't pronounce your name correctly. From the Space Coast region, we have Emily Labode. Lone Star Region, Shane Fillmore, Space Coast Region, Rob Greenwood, Connecticut Valley, Mark Calabro, and from the Southeast Michigan Region, Michelle Latika. So hopefully I'll be able to get them together and we'll introduce you to them, get a little bit of their story and background. And I have to say, I've spoken to just about all of them and none of them have ever really won anything before. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they're super excited and we're going to process uh, their, their cars here shortly. But do you guys know what a, aren't you really nervous about doing something like that? Because uh, how many raffle winners have actually looked excited? Well, that's that the thing. We've, uh, we've won like one now, or two. I mean, that's, years. that's to me, it's uh, just fraught with danger <laughs> having uh, it's, people that you don't know how they're going to be on camera, how they're going to react and what they're going to say. <laughs> now, Manny speaks from experience and, and he's been with me a lot of times when we go surprise the winners. And you're absolutely right. When we just show up and surprise them, they're so stunned that on camera, they actually look like they're not even that I've happy. I've seen people more excited that they got extra fries <laughs> in their five guys order than from winning a Porsche. Uh, however, these folks have had time to digest the fact that they've won. And so I'm hoping that, you know, now that they know it's not a scam, they know it's real and they're getting ready to order their cars or maybe even go for the cash alternative. I'm hoping that, uh, they will be smiling faces and we'll be able to hear the stories. And, and best of all, it's not going to be live. We're going to record it. And then, you know, we'll edit it and just make sure that uh, it's all, oh, all no, good. Oh, do it live. Don't, re- <laughs> don't edit it. Do it live. Yeah. I remember, uh, I think, the first raffle video that, that I filmed and it was had to have been spring 2014 raffle. And I believe that was Silver Spring or Bethesda. 
Oh, and Manny yeah. was there, and I was like standing across the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the zoom lens all the way. It looked like a straight up one of those, you know, spy shows or candid camera. And that, remember, I think that's <laughs> the one where it had we. Luckily, we chose the correct neighbor uh, yeah, to go to. Is that the neighbor. one where I felt like to catch a predator? <laughs> yeah, yeah. looking at the windows of the house. <laughs> yeah, you're and like I'm by myself. You're like Vu is walking up to the door, yeah. and the door. Yeah, is you were narrating. Opening. That's, That's what right. it was. You were narrating on the camera. You're sitting in the car narrating. <laughs> <laughs> The things that we do. Yeah. But here, here's a cool thing. Do you guys know what a neon, neon ontologist does or is? Something like neon. Uh, someone tell neon, me you're not pronouncing this right. Neonatologist. Neonatologist. Now here's where I truly believe karma, you know, of course it's random, right? Who wins? But I believe karma plays into all of this somehow. So the winner of the GTS America, he takes care of little itty bitty babies that have hearing issues, neo, neo, neonatal care, yeah. and like thousands of these little itty bitty babies. It's pretty cool. Nice. And, and he's never won anything. I spoke to him. I was like, I bet you have a lot of karma points yeah. stored up. And he just laughed. Super nice gentleman. And, um, he's already decided that he is going to take the GTS America and he wants to uh, actually hopefully come to, uh, Porsche Parade yeah. and, and show us the car after he gets it. Didn't so. you say he uh, said, I hope it's a manual? And it was, yeah, a- <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is he didn't realize the GTS America, you know, what the options and how unique it was. He was just so happy. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm really excited. Is this car available in a manual? And turns out, it is actually only only available in a manual, <laughs> so it worked out perfectly. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, go into. Uh, oh, first, uh, please, if you enjoy uh, the show, please hit like. We love reading your comments, and of course, uh, depending on your platform, if you can subscribe. Um, I like seeing all these comments. And last, the last uh, podcast we had Tess on, and a lot of favorable comments on having Tessa. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Having having a guest. Um, the question was, uh, do people like it when we bring guests or is it certain guests or do we keep it to the three of us or the four of us when Rob's here? What are your thoughts? Actually, our, our uh, most popular ones, uh, it's, it's almost split. I, you, I wish I could look at the stats and say, yeah, we get uh, more, more uh, downloads with uh, guests, but it, it really is the topic. If we talk about market, mm-hmm. you know, then you have people that aren't regulars listening on the podcast versus uh, something that may not appeal to the, uh, yeah. the general. Yeah. And well, we had one person saying they want a, a Tessa on monthly or something, right? <laughs> because they want a professional. They don't <laughs> yeah. want a bunch of hacks around the table. <laughs> I, I totally understand. We get one good show per month at least. <laughs> That's right now. Exactly. Exactly. Um, we've got a lot to cover. There's been a whole lot going on. If you don't mind, I'm going to jump into you know what we did in, in, in the last week or so. So I've got to say I was um, uh, my, my nephew is on the hunt for a uh, 987 uh, Cayman, and uh, he found one. Willis is your nephew? Yeah. What did you think Willis was? I thought it was, well, you call everyone a cousin, so uh, <laughs> how <laughs> many people are your, like, blood cousins or brothers no, he's, or he's sisters? Blood. I never he's know. blood. He's blood, blood nephew. Yeah, yeah. So um, did he get the one that... Uh... So here, here's, here, truly, I'm calling this a catfished Cayman. <laughs> Oh, so I was right by telling him to be careful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so here, here, you know, he found a, a, yeah. a, uh, I think we have photos of it, an 07 
came in on uh, Facebook Marketplace, and you know the pictures, you know the 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 the, the profile pictures. Let's yeah, say looks so pretty. I didn't decent. see the pictures. I was going off what he described to me. Yeah, yeah. But we did. We did. You know, we we often even with like Mart picks, and uh, you know, people ask us this all the time. So I feel like you know those of us here in the office really do have a certain way to approach looking at a car as opposed to someone that like Willis, who's just excited that the fact that he's made the decision that he's going to get a car and he just wants to get in a car. Right. Mm -hmm. But we temper all of that here because we're looking at a little bit more objectively. You know, he wanted to know the difference between getting a standard Cayman versus an S Cayman. And of course, you know, in this room, you, you live and breathe, uh, uh, came. And so I had him yeah. talk to you. Uh, we did some research on the car. He got the Carfax on it. We found out it's a Maryland car, been in Maryland for a while, uh, serviced by Porsche Silver Spring. Um, and then it was actually wholesaled, uh, earlier this year. And so the only thing that we could deduce is this guy happened to be at the auction and bought himself a Cayman for probably a, a, a song. Now, this car is black on black, mm. which in photos looks pretty decent. Um, and, you know, we like I didn't feel like this was going to be his car, but I felt like we need to go through the motions yeah. so that he can drive one and he knows what we're looking for. So uh, here we go. We throw in the Durametric in the trunk, uh, 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 a flashlight and all this other stuff. I said, if we're serious, we're going to dig into the car a little bit more. But, you know, if it if we look at it and it's no good, then there's no need to plug anything in. So anyways, we're not too far from um, the Hunt Valley Cars and Coffee, uh, about two exits above that. And uh, we meet the gentleman behind an Exxon station. Clearly, he's a car flipper, let's say. Mm. Um, ah. doesn't, doesn't seem to know much about the car. You know, as it's pulling into the lot, we're like, yeah, it looks okay. And not super clean, whatever. Then it's interesting. He doesn't pull up like right next to us, even though we told him which car we were in. But he pulls mm. off. So we're walking up to the car. And immediately, I can tell, like, man, this car was put away wet. It was just... Oh. Yeah, yeah. And, but yet, at the same time, though, Willis was still very excited because this is the yeah. first Porsche he's kind of considering to buy. Yeah. So I'm walking around. I just kind of keep quiet and just look at everything, looking at paint, looking at interior, looking at engines and you know, blah, blah, not engine, but the, the, the underneath the, the hoods and stuff and looking at the, the brakes and so on and so forth. And I've already made up my mind. Like, this definitely is not a car for him. Yeah. And, but I said, you know what? You should go drive it. And he did. Mm -hmm. He comes back. He's super excited. Oh, it drives great. And he's like, what do you think, uncle? And I'm like, you know, uh, yeah, let's like, let's, you know, part ways nicely with this guy. And so the guy was like, so he looked at me. He's like, what do you think? Ooh, so, so I gave yeah. him an option. I was like, I was like, you know, I appreciate you bringing this out. Do you really want my honest opinion or? Just say that we'll part ways. <laughs> and of course he was like, no, tell me, tell me, cause you know, other people have been calling me and mm -hmm. that. So I kind of went, went through it all. So long story short, I mean, the car was, I, you know, roughly 18 grand or something like yeah. that. So, so almost too good to be true, sort of. Almost pricing. too, almost too good to almost. be true, but you want, you want to go, right? Cause yep. what if, what if it is good? Well, I'm, I was in a situation like that. Yeah. Your car was so, kind of too good out. to be true, but it worked out, right? So, so, so you know, I talked to Willis. I'm like, to make this car right, you're probably going to spend ten grand on the car, and at that point, you're at twenty eight, almost thirty thousand yeah. dollars. Now you're in like really good nine eight seven territory, or you mm -hmm. put a couple thousand dollar more, and you're in nine eight uh, nine eight one territory. Yeah, right. So sounds like perfect track day candidate in yeah. a sense. Well, 
I, I did see some oil leaks underneath, but mm-hmm. let's say the engine and transmission were good. I would say, yeah, that would be the yeah. perfect slap on a deep sump and some of this. That stuff would be a perfect. Tra- and that's what yeah. I told the guy. I was like, if someone's looking to buy a car to just, you know, track it and have fun and all the all- other stuff checks out, like this would be a perfect camp for. Her. I think it's a great price, you know, blah, 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 blah. So anyways, that was fun. Nice. And then, um, Saturday was 50 degrees. So I washed a number of cars. Now here's where I'm going to go out to you, to you listeners and, both of you here now i love the griot's heavy duty wheel cleaner and it gets most everything all my wheels clean however my honda odyssey has some really like stuck on brake dust like deep in the crevices (laughs) don't you ever clean your wheels i know i don't even know why i'm looking at you because you never clean your wheels damon i'm looking at manny uh, but I don't think Manny even lets his his wheels get this dirty. That's but, uh, that's that's indicative of someone who doesn't want to bend down, <laughs> right? <laughs> so what what we're looking at here is one of the the inside spokes of my Honda Odyssey wheel, and and the the Griot's heavy duty did take a lot of it out. But it's there's some there, like even with scrubbing. So, anyways, for those of you that are listening, is there something or some combination that you use to get that really hard to remove? brake dust from an alloy wheel and of course i want to clean it but at the same time i don't want to damage the clear coat and so oh, oh. the train left the station a long time ago <laughs> no, the last that is time, a clear coat now when, when's <laughs> the last time you saw that looks like that's been kicked on for like 20 years um it is an 08 but i mean i, I when's normally, the last time you saw the silver underneath that well i it's been a couple of years because what and happened you was really think that there's paint underneath that baked on brake dust. I, I well, it I might think, be. I think that portion of it might be just. I don't know. I, there's got to be something. Like I've heard about wheel acid. I don't know if you, you guys have used wheel acid. Like what do no. what do dealers use? Like when they get a car that so comes you in think like that. Wheel acid is going to bring back the shine. No, I just want to get the dirt off of it. That's all. I'm okay with just getting for that more that flat RSR finish. But you're not you're not hoping (laughs) to have like underneath of it magically is your stock OEM finish. I don't know. Maybe is that too hopeful (laughs) to to think that maybe the silver finish is still underneath of it? That would be me looking in the mirror every morning and thinking (laughs) I see a hair follicle popping out. I have an idea. All four of the wheels on my Camry look like that, so we can we can test one of my Camry wheels. But is your wheels alloy too, or is it steel? Well, they're Lexus wheels, so they might be alloy. Okay, so whatever you guys suggest that. I should do. We're going to yeah. do it to we'll, his. We'll, try it on we'll the do Camry. it on his Lexus yeah. first or do it on his Camry <laughs> slash Lexus wheels. Anyways, um, yeah, I tried lots of stuff on it. I don't know if yeah. it's like using a steel wool maybe or I don't know. That's don't, not going to leave the paint, but it'll get rid yeah. of the. Uh, Manny's looking at me funny. Yeah. At this point, you might as well just. Well, you, you can't just paint an Odyssey wheel. It's not really yeah. worth it, is it? I mean, it doesn't look bad. It's just it's annoying to me that yeah. there's just. How a much little... can new Odyssey wheels possibly cost or at least better looking wheels than you have? I, I like the OEM Odyssey. Yeah, I mean, how many? How many? Junkyard. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Pick you. How many people do you think took care of their Odyssey wheels? You think I'm going to find a perfect set of Odyssey so wheels at a junkyard? I've seen some pretty the nice wheels of that at a junkyard. Is like slim to none. Because yeah. everybody that owns an Odyssey usually lets right it. Right now, yeah, somebody's true. saying, what are the odds of me finding a stock radio for my Honda Odyssey? <laughs> well, we happen to know someone who took the stock one out when it was two days old. Contact Boo Gwyn. <laughs> Hush. Hush. NLA, new, new old stock, right? Yeah, yeah. NOS. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How about you guys? How was your weekend? I didn't do any car stuff. Um, I continued to clean up sort of around the house, and I've, I've made my front room in the house uh, a legit office now. It looks it looks nice. 
So, and the futon's there now. So, you know, if someone needs to stay over and we have, uh, my girlfriend had her, has her kid over as well, they can sleep in the front room and like, it, it's pretty nice. So that's what I did. But then I also took out the, um, the Camry and then my girlfriend took out the, her, her Miata. And, um, so we've got some new camera equipment to shoot 4K at PCA and, uh, decided to test it out and, um, I'm really happy. I was about to say, you said you didn't do much, but I've seen you, you work over all this new equipment and getting it ready for the year. Yeah. I'm learning Um, how to color grade and it's a lot of crazy enough. It's a lot of fun, you know, trying to get it right. So hopefully when we start, when you start seeing videos, probably in about a month or so, they will be shot on the new cameras and hopefully you see a difference. Awesome. So how about you, Manny? Well, uh, we went to cars and coffee. Yeah. And we finally found out what happened to the barn find we discussed on the other uh, episode. Oh, the 72. Yeah. So are we going to be able to I gave Robert it? a picture because last time I didn't want to show it until uh, we knew what was going to happen. And unfortunately, um, Rich is uh, – no, that's not it. It's uh, it's the old uh, barn, uh, almost darkish picture, Robert. I think I sent you. And uh, it was um, – So it did was they- truly in a barn <laughs> covered in dust. Uh, basically, someone from New York came down and offered more. Oh, they got overbid. <clears throat> but Rich did go look at it. He said uh, it really was rust-free. He said just a little bit on the fender, but the floorboards looked immaculate. Oh. Um, the engine was out of the car like he was told, but it was also missing the crankshaft. So this was a mm. 2.2. Oh. So something happened to the engine. Uh. The guy was the second owner. Uh, he bought it like in 75 maybe. Mm. And uh, he didn't say what was wrong with the engine. That he, he had the crankshaft missing. Um so, oh, I said, man. uh, it, it was signal yellow like we thought it was. Okay. Um, it was, although it was painted, it was painted black or brown, but underneath, uh, you could still see the signal yellow. So was he dealing with the owner of the car? Mm-hmm. Yep. But was the owner because they bought the property or they are the owner that bought the car? At some no, point? the owner bought the, um, car. They, oh, they, really? They oh. bought the property and on the property was all these old cars. Yeah. And uh, evidently, there were more Mustang people than Porsche people. But they, but they didn't originally buy that car. They only got that car through the property. Yes, but the, okay. but the original, uh, the farmer who who um, sold him the property, uh-huh. he he was only the second owner. Oh, okay. Wow. So and the record still... showed he bought it like two years after the car was built. Wow. So it was a very um, any idea how much they got offered on the car? Uh, just a, uh, less than twenty. So interesting. I, I saw on a um, theautopian dot uh, there was a an article about I think it was a seventy one nine eleven that was basically a shell mm-hmm. sold for like between eight or nine thousand mm. dollars. And I'm thinking, was that the the one? And they put it onto some other. Oh, one. you thought it was this yeah, car that it, we're it wasn't. Yeah. But at the same time, seventy one nine eleven T, I believe, between eight and nine thousand bucks, just total barn find. You know, car was. Yeah, this apart. is a 72. Yeah, yeah so, so it was the, uh, actually 2.4, not 2.2, yeah. 2.4. So uh, we got to think probably mid, mid-teens or something like that. A lot That's of potential crazy. of, uh, mm-hmm. uh, even if he has to replace the whole engine, I think it still has uh, yeah. potential. Yeah. But our other friend at Cars and Coffee um, announced that he got offered a Sport Classic. Ooh. And hopefully we'll be doing a video on that's that. Like, that's he, like winning the lottery. He wanted a Sport Classic, Whoa. Uh, but he couldn't get an allocation. And the dealerships, uh, one of their 918 customers who have access to these cars had ordered it, but then decided to, that he didn't want it. Mm. So, uh, the dealership, uh, that our friend, uh, 
um, would buy a car like this, contacted him and said, hey, do you want this one that we have coming and it's, in? It's already built, ready to go. All built, ready to go, sitting wow. at the dealer. So um, if everything works out, uh, we'll be making a trip to the dealer and maybe uh, videotape him uh, doing the uh, pickup. So he's a big portion enthusiast. So uh, that's awesome. It's very cool if we can get this car. Yeah, crossing cool. fingers. So let's see. Uh, we made some predictions, and uh, I think it's safe to say that most of us are terrible at it <laughs> with regards to the cars in Scottsdale. You want to go into that? Oh, you know what? I forgot to uh, bring my sheets. All right. I don't remember my prediction, um, actually. Hold on a second. I got it on my uh, laptop. Here we go. All right. I'll move this around here. This works just as good. Um so I, I copied it. Not everyone gave pricing because it was a little hectic as we were talking. Plus, we had Rob with us. Uh, so for the first car was the 928. Um, oh, thank you, Robert. There we go. Thank you. Um, the first car was a 928. And I, and I read the comments on the, uh, uh, on, the um, on YouTube from our episode. Uh, so the estimate was fifty to seventy five thousand. We all underbid. Oh. Uh, Damon was the closest out of the uh insider crew at sixty. A uh, Gurney Eagle almost nailed it. Uh so it sold for eighty six eight. Man. And this wow. is what this is what I sold. Uh, I didn't look to see uh if what the buyer's premium was or if it was added on, just what the uh, it said on the website from the auction company. Um eighty six eight. Eighty six eight for that car. Wow. <laughs> the, the one that looked like it wasn't even detailed. That's amazing. Yeah. So the Carrera GT, which we discussed, this was the repaint. was repainted red. I think it was GT Silver. Oh, a good originally. Repaint. Very good repaint by mm -hmm. a very, very uh, reputable uh, shop. Uh, Rob came close to that. Uh, there was no estimate on it from the uh, auction company. Sold for $1,575,000, a repainted Carrera GT. Uh, not a rebirth like Porsche Classic did uh, with the, the one car. Yeah. This was just a repainted, different yep. color. Rob had 1.5 million, so he was within 75,000. Craig S was the uh, closest uh, listener at 1.3. Uh, I was way off at 1.1. 1 .1. Oh. Uh, the 964 Turbo uh, S, the lightweight, like Bell. Yeah. Um, the estimate was 1 to 1.3 million. We all mm. bid over a million. Um, we all overbid, but uh, Rob, I guess, came the closest at 1 million flat. Yeah. Uh, sold for 962,000. Mm. Yeah, it seems like a well. But then bought. also, there's, I mean, in all of these, there's also commission to the, to uh, yeah, the buyer's premium. Uh, buyer's premium, right? Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I'm, I don't know if this was uh, included or not. Um, the 964 uh, flock valve, um, slant nose, uh, 964 uh, estimate was 800,000 to a million. Uh, we all uh, actually, Vu came to closest, eight hundred thousand. Winner, winner, yeah, ticket dinner. No, none of the listeners uh, uh, bid on or guessed on that one. So for eight hundred thirty thousand. Yeah. And then the three fifty six Cabriolet was estimated between uh, two twenty to two fifty. We all underbid it. Man. Damon was the closest at two twenty five. Sold man. for three hundred sixty two thousand five hundred. Gurney Eagle once again uh, did the best out of everyone at three hundred thousand. Wow. So, so um, well done, Gurney None Eagle. of us are, are, are relying on our ability to guess pricing <laughs> yeah. for a living. So, so the story that uh, uh, we have up right now that you're seeing there, um, so Rob updated the story and said that the 356 cab was a no-sale at Scottsdale. Oh, oh it's all on the it, website. It said 362. 
Hmm. All right. Well, I guess we're updating a story. <laughs> that was Bonhams, I think, wasn't it? Was it Bonhams? Yes, or was it, it was uh, Bonhams. Yeah. It was Bonhams. You had to go look up the, uh, you had to go look up the, um, the, uh, the moral to the story is, man, are we just like hoping things are going to go for less because we, I don't know, like our outlook is just, we're way off. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, so, most but, of them went for less than what we no. estimated. Wait. No. Most of them went for more. 1575. I'm the only one, yeah. Well, 962, that went under, I guess that one went a little bit more. Yeah. So I, the yeah. market is still strong for good cars. Yeah. The one that really surprised me, honestly, was the 928 because it didn't even look like it was really prepped for sale. But maybe when it was there in person, maybe it was, um, you know, prepped properly or maybe there's something about that car yeah. that makes it more special than than we know. Right. So yeah. by the time you listen to this, our Tech Tactics Live would have been recorded with Nathan and he has five cars he picked. Uh, so you might want to watch that episode because it'll be interesting because he was there and he talks about these cars. Uh, um, several of them are uh, cars that were bought at other auctions and relisted. Mm. And uh, some sold for more. Some sold when you counted everything that was done to them, they sold for less. Yeah. So it should be interesting to see uh, what Nathan has to say about uh, about uh, the market. I think overall, though, it seems like the market was... Uh, not hurt by fear of a recession or nope, nope. job losses or anything like that. Still very strong for good quality cars. So we last week we also had uh, a drop from Porsche that was unexpected. And this one was interesting to watch with regards to the opinions on say facebook versus instagram versus other platforms and that's the um the vision 357 so um manny maybe you want to tell folks if uh they don't know about it what is the 357 uh well so uh first of all don't panic this is not uh necessarily porsche's future i i had a great time reading the comments on facebook and instagram of uh Facebook was worse than Instagram as far as people having sheer panic that Porsche's <laughs> new, uh, every car was going to look like this. Well, every concept car people they love, they hate, uh, but it's rare that we see the cars come out looking just the way, uh, or even a, a car is going to come out like this. So this year's Porsche's 75th anniversary. Uh, you're going to see, I think, several of these kind of uh, concepts or visions. Um, if you haven't figured it out, 357 is one number past 356. And that's what they're celebrating. It's the first 356 that was made in 1948. Uh, I think it was pretty cool in some of the stuff they did. Uh, if you look at the wheels, the uh, it's a center locking uh, wheel, but they made it look like it has five lug nuts the way the 356 did with the, not the uh, close uh, lug nuts like the modern cars, but spread out more like a Volkswagen style. Yep. Um, they also made it mid-engine. And you say, well, the 356 was... Uh, um, I think this was mid-engine, wasn't it, Damon? Well, 356.1 was a mid-engine. Yeah, one, it, it, one mid-engine. was the very yeah. first one. Even though they have like a grill-looking thing on the back, it's not really grill, so graphics yeah. um, that would be rear-engine. But it was a mid-engine, I think, and uh, a, a tribute to the original 356 that was also mid-engine. Yeah. Uh, it uses a GT4 uh, RS um, drivetrain. It's not, it's not drivable. It doesn't go anywhere. It's a static uh, model that they did a uh, what if you know that's what design departments do if you have no rules 
uh, no um, DOTs to follow. What would you come out with? And this right. is it. And it was uh, pretty it's cool that they shared ex- it with us. A fun exercise. And, you know, uh, what I love about it is, you know, the brand that we all love, they still have the bandwidth to do creative things yeah. like this. And regardless of whether or not you like it, I think it's cool that they can do a little bit exploratory and see what the market thinks of it. Probably the funniest comment I got was, and, and, and I agree with these people that pointed this out is on one of the rear quarter photos. It is reminiscent of like a 350Z and the way that the shape is. Um, but you know, again, it's, this is not necessarily the exact future of Porsche, but they're going to create little things that see how the market, uh, you know, reacts to it. And do you like the, the sort of the grill recognition in the back? Do you, it still has the fender humps in the front that's iconic to a Porsche? You know, the wheels and, you know, sort of the retro, all that. I mean, yeah, stuff like uh, cameras for uh, yeah. side view mirrors, which we always see it never makes it to production. Yeah. Um, once again, it's that there's so many of these um, vision type cars that Porsche built over the years, or they made as gifts. This is supposed to be a birthday gift to themselves. Uh, there was the one that was called the uh, Panamericana, I think, mm-hmm. and that was rumored that uh, Ferry Porsche absolutely hated it. That was the four door one. Uh, no, this is oh the, the green one, the green one, one. Green one. Yeah, yeah. has the uh, Porsche crest on the tire uh, tread. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, and. He and you can see uh, where there was like slight elements that they used for the 993, right? With the headlights and whatnot, but yeah. people freaked out about that too, saying Porsche is going downhill. This is our future, and you know it's funny. I was very surprised about the Facebook comments um, that we saw. So I think overall the shape is really nice, good-looking shape. Maybe a little bit awkward in the back, but you have to understand they're trying out new styling yeah. elements and new technology with the the taillights and the headlights. And so it may not look great, but the overall shape of the car and most of the details, I think, look really good. And where people see 350Z or 370Z, I also see Koenigsegg. I also see Nissan GTR, you know, some other cars that, you know, you're you're always going to get something like that. Something that always going to look like something else. Exactly. So, But I was really surprised at how negative the comments were overall on Facebook. Do you not remember Instagram. when they introduced the oh Cayenne, <laughs> when they introduced the Boxster? Do you forget what happened oh then? Oh, my god! Well, even so, we've done our own uh, studies in uh, PCA. We've hired uh, artists that have conceptualized different, like a modern 908 mm-hmm. or a modern 914. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the same way, you know. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. And you almost want to say it, it's just a concept drawing. That's all it is. Don't, yeah. don't, it, it, you're, they almost act as if the Christians have redesigned the crucifix. <laughs> yeah. it, it's nothing. Uh, I, I applaud them because the 356 is very sacred yeah. to have, uh, you know, uh, give us a modern interpretation of what the 356 mm-hmm. would be. Uh, but that's not really what Porsche is about is recreating old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's uh fun to see regardless yeah, very, very whether cool. you liked it or didn't I yeah. think it's a it So was, you said you said it had a GT4 RS mm-hmm. platform so does that mean it doesn't not, run it's, No but is it electric or would it be electric or what was the design no, study No no uh, 17 718 GT4 RS so it has the 5 493 horsepower engine it has the you can Like see are the, we glossing over the fact that their design concept car is still an ice in you know, it's still an internal. Well, Dave, if you look engine. at the fuel flap, it says e fuel only. Yeah. Just says a, yeah. hey, uh, See, we, know, yeah. we know the future. Like, that's is, pretty cool. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, this is their latest little design concept, and it's still, uh, you know, internal. But I, what I really liked, though, that no one really talked about was uh, the uh, transporter, because they have photos of mm. it on the trailer, and there's a, 
a Porsche transporter, mm-hmm. like a van, yeah. uh, painted red. Uh, yeah. a, a, you know, modern interpretation yeah. of the old sixties uh, uh, bug was, transporters. That was part of the Porsche Unseen that was released in what twenty twenty, I think it was. Yeah, when they had all those concepts that they released, right. they repurposed it ah, for okay. the three fifty seven, which which I thought was a clever. Yeah, clever I would buy that detail. in a heartbeat. Yeah, for those of you that haven't seen, by looking at the three five seven, you yeah. see the seventy fifth anniversary logo yeah yes that's right? the one uh that uh we have a picture of too that porsche released to us um i i don't think porsche would appreciate us showing the email they sent to us but i wish i could show it to everyone because it has all the rules of how to use this <laughs> and, uh, and very I, specific rules what i like was things now how not to show it yeah and it was stuff like you can't show it on the busy background you can't show on the background that's not a color approved yeah you wow. basically uh they're very strict about their CI, and uh, As I wonder, I wonder how how they're going to actually be able to monitor all. Oh, of they that. do. Trust they me, do? they do. They oh, do. Oh, they're really worried about their own uh, people, their dealerships that right. they're using it correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't, uh, you know, appear on the rear. You don't, of somebody's you want, you don't want somebody underwear. to get creative and have like a claw coming out of it or something. <laughs> I could see definitely for like dealerships, and I, and I seem to remember we have access to i think um vector porsche logos but those also come with very strict very specific directions yeah, on how to very use very strict usage guidelines so. very strict all right so let's um let's talk about uh, oh we had a little fun luncheon here at uh, pca national headquarters with the staff that was spearheaded by jim hemmick yeah, we got to watch the Formula E race. I heard they had 10 people watching, eight of which were in our conference room. <laughs> You're, so <laughs> You're so terrible. Uh, it was, uh, very hard to find in the, uh, and poor, they, poor Jim was sweating bullets because he couldn't get, uh, he, he had spent like two hours in the morning getting everything set up. So everyone, he was so happy that people are going to come watch yeah. Formula E with them while they're having their lunch in the conference room. And, uh, we couldn't get the, um, the streaming to, to work. He was in the right place. It's just that it wasn't. Then you have someone willing to use pirated streaming. <laughs> and you have Robert panicking because he doesn't want the pirated streaming entering our system. Yeah. And uh, we finally got it legitimately correct. Uh, yeah. Uh, for, I think it was ESPN. And it was and, a pretty exciting race yeah, at the end. It was. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of people asking questions because they have these areas where they can get a, uh, a uh, I think, a power boost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you they, go offline for yeah. a second. Yeah. And you, uh, yep. so it, um, uh, a lot of people had never watched a Formula E race. Um, it was pretty cool. Like, you couldn't help but think partly, you know, a little bit of Mario Kart kind of yeah. vibe to it. And then you also, if you've ever seen the modern day um, Speed Racer and uh, in that movie, how the cars were more electronic and da 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 da. And was, I mean, this, this course was like a legit, like, street course with looks like a lot of money put into it. But you could tell when they were. Doing the wider shots that included the, uh, the, the, the stands for the, 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 you know, spectators and such, like it wasn't all that full, right? Yeah. And it was at, in the middle of, I don't know, in the middle of the night, but it was at night. Yeah. And, um, it looked very cool. It was cool racing. It was neat to learn about the drivers, but it was so unfamiliar to me to kind of watch. It's all very that. frustrating because I'm very, it's very cool that Porsche is entering, uh, this open wheel racing. The frustrating part about Formula E is that, uh, I swear they need somebody marketing them uh, because they do these races on these uh, city tracks and there's hardly any spectators. They, they got to figure out a way they can do it at real racetracks, you know, permanent yeah. circuits mm-hmm. um, and to get a wider fan base. Cause I, there's no one that I ever speak to that 
Even, is, is excited about Formula E or talks about Formula E. They don't know about Formula it. Formula One, yes, but yeah. Formula E, nothing. And yeah. I think really it's because of uh, the fact they do it on these street circuits and they don't encourage spectators. I don't know anyone's ever been to a Formula E race. Yeah. Yeah. But have uh, we seen much like Formula E marketing? Like I don't feel like no, I, it's I, very. I do. uh, it's it's hard to find the races, yeah. and I don't think the sound really is. Uh, you know, people say, "Well, they don't make any sound." I don't think it's true at all. Oh. I think the racing uh, would be a lot more interesting if they did it on a regular racetrack. Now I understand yeah. because the being electric, they're limited by how many laps they do. Yeah. And whatnot, but there's got to be a way that they can market this better. Otherwise, I see it dying. I mean, I hear rumors that Porsche is going to pull out yeah. uh, after this year. They may win everything and just pull out. But that would be a same shame because it's it's like you said, it's close racing. Yeah. And they also got to do something and with the cars because when we were watching it, they all looked the same. <laughs> they all looked the same. Yeah, they did. It was hard yeah. to figure out Other which one colors. was the Porsche. Yeah. And even then, the colors was uh, yeah. pretty tight. Well, that yeah. didn't help you. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm trying to look exactly. at the car numbers, yeah. and it was. Uh, but it, it was, was exciting racing, and, the, and yeah. there was, you know, strategy with, you know, you could see how many percentage of power they have left in the race. And yeah, that was cool. That was, they were that like, was, that was instead cool. of running like, out of gas, like, running out of power. You basically yeah. want to cross that finish line with less than 1% battery life. Yeah. And, you know, how hard you drive and how many times you go into that area to get the extra boost. Yes, you get extra boost, but that means you're burning up the battery more. Yeah. So I thought it was exciting racing, even though, you know, it didn't have like the, you know, the sounds that we're used to in normal racing but again i don't know how 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 much further this will go if if people don't no matter how good it is but if people don't know about it then how do you how do you survive yeah that's uh oh. yeah hopefully they figure something out because uh, i do think it's cool that porsche's uh they had their full factory effort uh in yeah. fact i think that the andretti team was also running porsche mm-hmm. powered mm-hmm. yeah so it was um yeah it was fun to watch on a friday now a race we all knew about last week hmm. but maybe the outcome was not what we wanted and that was at the uh, rolex 24 at daytona oh my god it was uh we knew going in that the gt uh, d and gtd pro which is the same car just uh, the level of the driver skills the difference with the two classes uh they were already hurting qualifying was a disaster uh, they had this thing called bop which is the balance of power uh adjustments and porsche was uh, really slammed hard and uh they basically um uh, never got people said all oh, their sandbagging they weren't sandbagging they just never had a chance mm. it was, must have been so frustrating from a driver's point of view kudos to uh faf out of uh, canada mm-hmm. the plaid cars uh they worked their way up i think the fifth fifth or sixth overall but they were never contenders for a podium it was just uh you know everyone was hoping that the uh, faster cars would break down yeah and Porsche reliability would shine through, but that, that never happened. It was, uh, they just didn't have the speed. So hopefully Sebring in March will prove better for GTT, GTD. Uh, the 963s, which what everyone was looking at, uh, they did have to pace, um, uh, uh lap time wise. Uh, Nick Tandy was on fire, uh, but they had bad luck come their way. Did you guys watch the race any? Yeah, I watched a good chunk of it. It was, um, what was it? Reliability for one car, like the fifth hour, somewhere around there. Well, the, the uh, Philippe Nasser car, and yeah. you saw it uh, on TV. Where I think the second horseshoe, uh, he just the car just died. And I remember when I went down for uh, to watch for testing, uh, Porsche explained just that. They said the car just dies, oh. and and you see him slowing down, looking to get off the track as quick as possible. And basically, they were doing controlled alternate delete, for lack of a better expression. Oh. And they were restarting the cars, and he got back into the race. Uh, but then they had to replace the battery unit. 
uh, which uh, was pretty cool to see him do that. It was a hundred, mm-hmm. hundred over a hundred pounds. It was a heavy. Yeah, they said. Uh, I forget if this is in the story that our um, reporter Ryan Kerrigan sent, but uh, it, it was a. I think it was. It was supposed to take upwards of 50 minutes to replace that battery unit and they mm-hmm. did it in 22 minutes wow That's so crazy. they were really working i'm guessing they might have practiced yeah. this oh, you think? Yeah, of course i didn't see anybody with a book trying to figure out how you change a battery <laughs> anyone yeah. got the owner's manual but they did have a jack specifically for that battery unit i bet and um and and they were explaining on tv that it weighs over 100 pounds that's mm-hmm. why they needed to use the jack uh, but you know they lost precious uh, laps the uh, meyer shank racing team the one that won overall uh, they were changing gearbox oil. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So um, Ryan was actually telling me that it wasn't gearbox oil, it was engine oil. Because all the gearboxes are spec gearboxes across all of the cars. Yeah, I, I thought I read it was gearbox oil they were changing. Yeah, hmm. yeah so we'll, we'll have to double check on that. But um, they were changing oil of some sort every single pit stop. Wow. The Meyer Shank racing one. Well, so, I know the Meyer Shank, with the, they were having uh, transmission overheating problems. And... Um, but they managed to. Uh, so, so the balance of power formula that's set up at the beginning of the season, and is there room for it to be changed now that you know they're actually racing, or is that like set in stone? You would hope they were. Uh, so before the race started, uh, Porsche was hoping that uh, um, IMSA would see that their pace was way off. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and they look at it as a business because they have a lot of customers running this car. Yeah. Plus, a lot of fans are coming to watch Porsche. Right. And they figured that EMSA would say, hey, um, you guys are off uh, pace. We're going to give you a weight reduction or something to something, try to yeah. even up the field a little bit. Yeah. But nothing. Nothing. And uh, But would they would they change that for the next race, possibly? That's what they're hoping for, yeah. Ah, okay. uh, hopefully, okay. they're not uh, waiting for them to... Uh, yeah. Well, that's better than BOP having changes. No- yeah, yeah, it does Depending change. on how well a car or a team does. And it's kind of infuriating because, you know, the BOP is meant to make the racing closer. Yeah. But it kind of like penali- penalizes the person that's either on. Who's built built a better car. Built a better car. So yeah, it just yeah, happens yeah. to have it. So it's yeah. it's uh, a little infuriating, like, but yeah. it's produced some really good racing. Um, I was just looking up the, I'm reading here about the Meyer Shank is that it was engine oil. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll be yeah, sure to have. Here it says the MSR got super lucky with race long gearbox drama. Yeah. And how they were maintaining uh, the fluid levels. Um, basically, it was in, this, in the story from at Sports Cars 365. Yeah. Um, they uh, <laughs> they didn't tell the drivers mm-hmm. at Meyer Shank that uh, – so Hilo Castroneves had no idea that the tra- – <laughs> but she said he was glad because had he known about it, it would have been in his head. Yeah, yeah exactly. But he never told the drivers. And even the engineer had said that monitors this. Someone came and put a piece of tape over top of his laptop where he <laughs> sees the temperatures yeah. because I'm sure he was uh, also stressed out every yeah. time watching his temp. Uh, so they were basically said it was going to run or not run, and it ran. So um, that yeah. was. Uh, so it looks like they were doing that to the gearbox and the engine oil. Because yeah, he goes right. on here saying, I noticed a lot of en- manufacturers are changing the engine oil now, where we draw it out and wow. change it. So they were changing the oil and maintaining levels of two different During a pieces stop. of power well, they realized that was what was gonna, they, The oil <laughs> thing, I remember, um, uh, the engine oil that yeah. uh, they had. They were not uh, anticipating such degradation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that when they did the engine oil testing, uh, and that's when they decided they were going to have to uh, um, change this fluid uh, as part of the pit stops. So, mm-hmm. uh, to their credit, they uh, you know, engineered a, a win. And uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. Porsche uh, did not have uh, such luck. Um, Tandy had a uh, 
uh, Nick Tandy, uh, it was so depressing because every time I would check up, we went to dinner with friends and I, when I got a chance, I would look at my phone and, <laughs> you know, looking at live timing and, uh, I would see him dropping further and further down oh. and it wasn't like they were in the lead lap anymore. They were a lot of laps down. Yeah. So Tandy uh, had a scuffle with another, I think, a LMP2 car, maybe LMP3 car. Stop uh, to going see what to, happened. Going yeah. into the, into the bus mm-hmm. stops and he tried to avoid it and he had, uh, Something and it was just a nightmare all along. It was just a, a terrible showing. I know Porsche put on a brave face and said, you know, they learned a lot and everything, but you can't tell me they weren't hoping for something much better sure. because of how much testing they put into this car and yeah. more than the other teams from what I've been yeah, gathering. Yeah. So. I mean, they're going all in. They had a, yeah. a, a lot of people there. It is Penske. So it, it'll, uh, Sebring's going to be hopefully a redemption. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll have both teams at WEC that races on Friday. And then IMSO at the 12 hours. I think the WC race is a thousand miles and the, uh, or a thousand, thousand miles, I think. Mm-hmm. And the, um, Sebring, of course, is 12 hours on Saturday. Well, it was nice to see the uh, 963s and, and, and Nick Tandy actually put up a really good fight because uh, up until the 21st hour, so he had gotten himself into the position after all that drama that if there was one more caution, which there was. Yeah. He would have been able to go straight up, mm-hmm. you know, and basically be on the lead lap, right? And you know, near near the front of the lead lap. Um, unfortunately, I think it was a coolant issue or yeah, something. coolant pipe. Uh, yeah, uh, burst or came off. And, yeah, yeah, and so we had to stop. Twenty first engine. Oh man, yeah. yeah. Oh. But that's that's unfortunately that's racing. That's what makes that's it, racing. That's, that's what, what makes Daytona fun as an endurance race. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we'll have to make sure and uh, stay tuned to Sebring and see how things change for them. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, the, this came out and I, I had heard of it, but I wasn't sure I was able to talk about it. But then you found this link about this, uh, uh Porsche and the NFT launch. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how many people followed the, who listened, followed the NFTs. Um, uh, it, it's kind of like died down the en- enthusiasm with them. And yeah, I think people are, are, uh, you know, clumping with, uh, crypto. Most, a lot of people don't understand what, what it is. And, and, but Porsche got into the uh, NFT game, announced a big NFT launch, and it um, kind of like backfired on them. Um, they had a lot of scammers. Yeah, uh, they had a secondary market where where things were selling for less, <laughs> and uh, and they basically shut down the minting of these NFTs, which caused it to go higher the next day because <laughs> it made it really limited, and right. the people who had them uh, put them on the market, so it was selling for more. And the value went up on them because uh, they were so limited. Oh, wow. And uh, I don't know if uh, Porsche is going to try this again. Or, you know, yeah. they had to make statements saying because of issues with the NFT launch, we're, we're shutting it down. It's so abstract to me. In fact, last night, I haven't finished it, but I was watching this um, uh, Bitcoin uh, on Netflix show about how this Canadian Bitcoin exchange company and the guy disappeared and a bunch of money people transferred. You're learning their- all about the blockchain. Yeah. And like how this, <laughs> this guy was like, Oh, I'll transfer, you know, 400 grand into this Bitcoin exchange and I'll, you know, cash out in Canadian dollars. And he transferred it all. And then when he went to go cash it out, he's like waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, it's a world I wish I knew more about and I could take advantage of it, but I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised that Porsche came out with it such late in the uh, late in, in the game. In the game. Um, yeah, and obviously they have a lot of smart people. You would think that are making these decisions whether to come out with it or not. Well, if NFTs are, I mean, they're not 
super new, but they're they're a fairly recent thing, like past few years. I would say back in the beginning of twenty twenty one, yeah, yeah, when they really started exploding yeah. into yeah. the market. So if they're going to be a thing over the long term, then I wouldn't think that this is something that you know is. Porsche was late to, but did they do it right? And I don't know enough about an NFT. Well, yeah. they're saying they're late to it because they had their rise and now they're falling. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like Beanie huh. Babies. When yeah. Maybe, maybe like, they'll go up again. Oh, like my gosh. <laughs> did you just use Beanie Babies as a <laughs> reference? I had a friend who had like a wall of Beanie Babies. They were people Damon, that... do you know what Beanie Babies are? Oh, yeah, definitely. My oh. mom loved them. I had a friend oh, who had a wall of There's a lot of shows about them Beanie because babies. people thought that was going to be their retirement. I was yeah. of that era. Beanie Babies. Oh, my gosh. What a... That's a, that was crazy. Um, our next, next topic, it's gonna, I'm gonna label as don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Well, this at least was better than Tesla with the guy with the uh, pipe wielding. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, psycho who, uh, I, they caught, they road finally raging, caught, they caught him. Yeah, yeah. A guy who was a uh, road raging in a Tesla and he had a, a metal pipe, I think. Mm-hmm. This he guy might a have a metal pipe taking... to get those center lock wheels off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the one we're talking about though is a blue GT3. And I, I love how this stuff makes the news. That's what kills me. Well, because I'm yeah. thinking it must have been a really slow day for news. No, 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 no. Morning. Here's what happens. But the cars, cars do that all the time. But the fact that this mm-hmm. happens to be shark what looks blue. to be a brand new, uh, you know, shark blue GT3. That's how it makes the news is because they want to sensationalize mm-hmm. it and call out the Porsche owner. And I totally agree that you shouldn't drive that way. But the only reason why it made the news is because it's a Porsche. I'm sure 10 other cars behind it was you doing the same thing. You know what the, the proper thing. tool for doing that is? What? A, a mid-90s uh, Nissan Maxima. A mid-90s Maxima. Why? I don't get it. Because nobody will care if you go in the uh, the outside lane Oh, in a Maxima. I was going <laughs> to say a, a, a new Explorer. You won't make the that news. That looks like a cop car. But for, for me, <laughs> yeah, true. For me, not only is it, you know, not proper to do that and and you're you're passing everybody, but that that's the worst place you want to take soft, sticky tires Mm -hmm. and drive through because all the debris from the road gets blown into the shoulder. And yeah, those tires aren't cheap. (laughs) Yeah, no, not at all. But you know what? Maybe he did pick up a a nail or a screw on that. He did it twice. That's what made the news. So twice in two around the same time period. So yeah. I would say that early in the morning he's going to work. Yeah. He's not out for a uh, a joyride. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so I would imagine since he realized he made the news that he might be laying low. Yeah, but when you're driving, <laughs> that's like Shark Blue GT3. At least that's what. It well, seems I mean, like. I, we we talk about this, you know, when we're driving our Porsches, is you kind of stand out, right? And mm-hmm. you know, people are kind of sensitive these days, and if you're doing stupid things in your Porsche, you're you're more than likely going to get called out for it. And there's a lot of people with dash cams, with their, you know, cell phones mm-hmm. that record. Like for me, Manny always makes fun of me at how slow I drive, but I stay out of trouble. I want to stay like, you know, out from under, you know, it just, there's just so many opportunities for, to be called out for driving. When's the last time you got a ticket? Ticket? Yeah. Uh, oh, it's been, oh, he probably hasn't gotten a ticket <laughs> in 20 while. years, maybe. Yeah. Ticket well, is one thing. He, he, he has the the key, right? No, I mean you, you again. <laughs> I understand. You got Miss Daisy in the back seat. You gotta. <laughs> I just, I just don't want to. I just, yeah. I mean, I can only see the headlines. Again, yeah. I don't want to be the Porsche headline. What, yeah. What's the headlines? The middle aged Asian guy speeding. That's the headline. <laughs> 
PCA's executive director. Oh yeah, that's not going to be the headline. It's yeah, so right. easy, and and, and yeah. then of course you know many of us have vanity plates, right? So some of us have uh, PCA plates, and it's very easy to r- remember the plate that they saw—a white Porsche with. You know, a lot of people think when they see the PCA plate, it's not PCA. Are they police? You think police? Oh, I've had because a lot, of a lot of people, circle because the letters are PC. PC, and I've had a lot of people who are staring at it. And I'll like I'll stop them. I don't, go. Don't. I said. I said. What are you looking at? And they're like, "Is that police?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> yeah, it's fraternal Porsche, order. Porsche Club." <laughs> Manny, please don't bank on the fact that you think people are going to believe that's a police plate, and you drive the way you do. I, what? You, I, I just drive with everyone. I drive no, a 130 no. horsepower car. Yeah, but you if drive the wind all 130 all the time. That's what I paid for. <laughs> <laughs> just stay out of the left lane and everything's fine oh my gosh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. but you're gonna one day you're gonna run into like that crazy dude in the tesla that's come wielding a pipe at you and well if he's driving fast i'm moving i move out of i move out of the left lane all the time there's much faster people there's, no 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 but what happens is you come up on people that aren't driving fast and you are a bit aggressive behind them and that's what can trigger them you mean just i just I flash my lights once. If <laughs> yeah, they don't move over, then he I pass says it. it. He says it so innocently. <laughs> well, I mean, so I, I get flashing lights once to get, and I get it. But I, we drive a little bit more, I think, conservatively than Manny. Absolutely, not a, not a lot. But I, I don't think I've ridden in a car with you driving, Manny. Oh, I, I haven't. It's been a long it's no, time. Uh, it's like he's club racing at wherever he goes, <laughs> no. and he's not even late. You act like I'm. I don't go in and out of traffic. I stay in the left yeah. lane. And that's why if people that's true. Just stay that's true. Of you don't. You well, no. Yes, you don't weave like idiots, like you know, through traffic. But like you go from merged lane and cross over immediately to fast lane, and then you stay there, and then would you, you like just... me to make an appointment in the left lane? <laughs> why, who wouldn't do and that? then it's left lane until you get home. But because that's supposed to be the hammer lane, the fast lane is the left lane. I know, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just. If people just, if people saw cars faster than coming, just move over, and life, life is simple. I I would agree with you if everybody understood that. But then there are crazy people that hang out in the left lane, and I just don't want you to get wrapped up in all. But what really scares me is when I pass the car and I look over. And the person's head is looking down. And oh, that's yeah, the and worst. They're, they're looking at their phone or typing away. That's, that's, that's what really worst. scares me if they're doing like 80 yeah. and they're and they're looking down. Now, but, isn't yeah. it in some states now, like if you're just hanging out in the left lane, um, state troopers can give you tickets for hanging out there because you're not passing. I, I hear rumors about that. I think it's oh. more like a unicorn. Oh, <laughs> God. I would love if that was like. There's some states. I think like North in, or South Carolina has that. In has Germany, you only use the left lane to pass. And and everybody knows that and understands it. That's why it's like a, a beautiful, you know, ballet on European roads for the most part. I mean, of course, there's exceptions from time to time. But people understand you use the left lane just to pass. And I'm actually very over. chill when I drive because I'm listening to podcasts. So, you know, it's uh, if there's traffic, there's traffic. There's nothing I can do about right. that. If and you're not weaving around, then, no, he doesn't then that's weave. pretty chill. Like, yeah, yeah. that passes fast as Yeah, yeah. Okay. no, no, no. He doesn't weave. But Weaves he does, like, dive bomb into, like, exit ramps and stuff like that. Yeah. He does the, he does the zipper very well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nothing I hate worse than seeing a merge lane. I knew that would trigger him. Well, well this morning, actually, I'm – so I get over to the right, the, the exit lane, like, after um, – 
175, like right after. I Don't just sit lean there. back. You're always leaning back. Yeah, so I just sit there in the uh, uh, in the right lane until 32, the exit on 32. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, and I see, and you you weren't going fast, you know, or anything, but, but Manny was going a little faster, and he comes in and gets a couple cars ahead of me, like <laughs> right before exit 32. Yeah, that's, that's, that's totally him. <laughs> that's totally him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, but he beat me to the office, at, and he started he's behind he's me. He's trying to give you that I'm innocent face, and well, it doesn't yeah. work. We all knew better than that. Anyways, all right. So, um, some well, we talked about you got some new gear for for videos and such, but we recently did uh, post up some new videos. Yeah, the uh, the one I want to point you guys to, especially if you have a Porsche Macan S, a first gen, which would be through the 2018 model year. If you need to do spark plugs, it's a job you could do yourself if you have some pretty basic tools. And we had our uh, member services representative, Anthony Solero, uh, did the spark plugs on his parents, Macan S, here at the office. So uh, watch this, and you'll see all the things that you should do to replace your spark plugs. And we also give tips to make the job go even more quickly. And, and much like the other video, this is what I call the real-life videos, not these videos how-to videos where they basically rebuild the engine in 12 minutes yeah, and yeah. then you try to do it and you're spending 12 minutes looking for the 10 millimeter bolt right and uh this is um basically what uh, two guys uh uh changing spark plugs would run into as your first time doing it obviously mm -hmm. if you're a technician you know all the shortcuts and yeah. and we always ask a, a dealer tech or one of our pca tech experts to watch the video and the tips that you see in there the pro tips are things that he noticed that well, I would have done this a little differently, and you probably would have saved a little bit of time if you yeah. had as well. So really good video, really easy job um, if you want to save a little money and learn a little bit more about your Macan S. Yeah, and there's a tip. I won't spoil it. Uh, if you watch it, there is a tip for you because, yeah. as Manny said, this is uh, the true uh, experience of doing plugs on a car, and we ran into a little issue. Mm -hmm. And so watch it, and you'll find out what that was and all about. You won't feel yeah. like this I, This must be the only person that happens to is me yeah. no. that something goes wrong. Yeah. Peter actually said some of his dealer techs make the same exact mistake. Sure. So yeah, exactly. it, it happens. Uh, but, yeah, watch that. Um we also have uh, a lot of Macans lately. Uh, we had Robin Warner recently got in the brand new Porsche 2023 Porsche Macan T, mm -hmm. which is the four-cylinder, 261 horsepower base model Macan, but with basically all of the GTS suspension options. Mm -hmm. So if you want a the lightest Macan or one of the lightest Macans and you want great handling, and you want to save a little bit of money over the GTS or the, the Macan S, and the Macan T is the one to get. Yeah, great review. Yeah, so uh, thank you, Robin. Um, you did a great job explaining that car. Uh, Vu was also at the um, Literature and Toy Meet not too long ago, uh, or I should say last year, and we did a video to release this year a little bit ahead of the 2023 event. Yeah, and thank you so much. I know that was a difficult edit for you because you had to uh, edit around my what looked like I got Botox <laughs> lips, but really it was just an allergic reaction. Yeah. If you're wondering um, why Vu only appeared in that first scene, like and from far away, yeah, who's, because uh, who's probably you kissing? <laughs> I had some, I don't to this day I don't know what it was. I went to dinner yeah. with my mom the night before, and my lips just like ballooned. And it looked like I got like L.A. Botox. And I was like, usually when, you know, I've grown, growing up, I've had these reactions. I can take a Zyrtec and go to sleep and wake up the next morning and everything's fine. And for whatever, I don't know what it was, but I woke up the next morning and they were still poofy and wow. we, we still had a video to do. So we, we did it and yep. 
And thank you for editing around it so it wouldn't be so distracting. Yeah, no, not, not bad at all. And um, yeah, Lit Meat is, you know, I forget exactly what day off the top of my head, but watch the video it's and in, you'll find out. It's in February. Yeah, and, it's uh, in February. Um, I just wrote on my tech tips, uh, uh, which you can find on the PCA.org website. It's about collecting because on March 8th, I believe it mm-hmm. is, our Tech Tactics Live is going to feature Prescott Kelly, who's in this video. He's one of the co-founders of the Lit Meat. LA literature meet and he's going to talk about collecting and uh, I think he sold a majority of his collection but uh, for a while there he had uh, it was like a Willy Wonka type of place oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. of, and the store and of course to me the best thing was the stories of how he acquired some of this mm-hmm. stuff uh, we, and I were both talking about though when he he said have uh, blueprint blueprint drawers where people you know he would buy blueprint uh, file cabinets and that's where he would lay all, all his posters flat. Factory he, posters. He pulled one of them. It was like the 70 or 71 Daytona. And he had like 30 copies of this. <laughs> he wow. literally had the yeah. hold on the market. These, and I forgot how many. These cost like maybe $700 a piece. And yeah. he had just bought a, like a bulk back when they were like 50 cents each or something. And, and just held on to them. And wow. held on to them. So I it mean, it's a, a, it's a, it's a hoarder's dream that you, like a hoarder's hero. <laughs> see, see, that's why I hoard. <laughs> that's why I hoard. So, that's exactly yeah. why. Gonna, so, continue this uh, series of confessions that it's going to be called a, Confessions of a Porsche hoarder. I think yeah. I, I think we're on to something. And for those of you that are listening, you know, this confession series where we're getting some insider stuff. Yeah. I think it's going to pick up some traction. Yeah, I think uh, to me, uh, you know, I, I'm a, a collector uh, and I'm selling some of my stuff because of space. Uh, but I uh, I would love to hear some of the stories, how he got stuff and the stories behind some of these, uh, these cool pieces that you may not appreciate until you hear what makes them valuable. Yep. All right, so we're rounding out the hour here. Uh, just want to let you know, Tech Tactics Live, we hope to see you there. Only Sunday is available, so you haven't registered for, uh, I'm sorry, Tech, Tech Tactics, Tactics East, East, not Tech Tactics yeah. Live, Tech Tactics East. Um, make sure you show up there, but we will be doing Tech Tactics Live on the Saturday, on, on the Saturday, which is the 18th, and we're going to be doing two shows? Planning there? on doing two, two shows. shows. Okay. Um, uh, we're still in the works with Porsche. Hopefully we can capture... Uh, the Porsche presentations and showed them at a later date. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be talking about, uh, they're sending someone from Germany to talk about the, uh, the car mm-hmm. with the rally package who was, resp- he, he was responsible for developing that. Can we tell people what car is going to be there? Yeah. The, 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 the car and the GT3 RS. Yeah. So it'll be the first time that, uh, most people, including us, are, are going to see underneath of it. Yeah. So, uh, the, the, uh, and we've already the, asked them to put them on the yeah, list. Yeah. The text there are big enthusiasts and they love yeah. uh, PCA members. So they're really happy that we're coming back to the Easton after COVID. And, uh, you know, I specifically asked, uh, we're, we are going to have this on a list, right? And he, mm-hmm. they were very, uh, it was an absolute responsive yes. yes uh, and, so. and that what they were just figuring out is do we have them both up at the same time or do we put one up and one down? And we're like, let's, yeah. if you can't put both of them up, we want to see both so of them. We want to, for those of you that can't make it to Pennsylvania, uh, we hope to capture this and share it with you, uh, in video. Yep. And then shortly after that, we'll be heading to Amelia for Works Reunion. I think there's less than, I think, 75 or so spots left in the corral. So hopefully we will see you all there. Um, is there anything else before we sign off? Uh, I would, uh, putting a plug for uh, Bogdan and his Instagram, uh, PCA's Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I remember to, uh, if you're not an Instagram person, get on if no, for no other reason, just to follow PCA. Uh, it's, we have a lot of cool little videos. Uh, Bogdan and Damon are very creative in creating these, uh, short, uh, 
videos, <laughs> and uh, uh, you're going to see more and more. Um, and we're, we're at least daily, sometimes yep. twice, twice a day. And what's nice is is when you you know subscribe to the Instagram, it's it's purely Porsche and PCA information. You follow, and not yeah. Subscribe. Oh, follow. Yes, yeah. I get know. hip. Get hip. I know. <laughs> All right. With that, thanks for listening. If you aren't currently a PCA member and own a Porsche, grab that VIN and head over to PCA.org. If you don't have a Porsche yet, we'll help you find one and join the test drive program. Remember to follow our podcast Instagram page. Behind the scenes and videos, Porsche Club Insider, all one word. You can always email us at podcast at PCA.org or simply comment on the YouTube podcast. Again, like, comment, subscribe. We really appreciate your support. Until next time, stay safe and we'll catch you down the road.